Welcome to State Road 49, an audio program that shares extraordinary stories from everyday people. My name is Aaron Freienberger. We're always looking for new and interesting stories to bring you, and today's comes from Jerome King, former NFL football player and Faith Force Power Team member. Thanks for listening. I grew up in a town called West Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, a lot of people know where it is because of Duck Dynasty and Duck Commander now. And, uh, you know, that's where I grew up. I grew up in a family of four, me and my brother, uh, my dad and my mom. It was a town that kind of struggled uh, with belief. Uh, it was a community that um, that just didn't believe, I, I don't think, like they do now. And uh, it was a town that was very divided. My dad was an alcoholic. So I looked for love in all the wrong places. Uh, you know, I used to watch him hit on my mom, me and my brother, and uh, it kind of made me lash out, uh, just rebel against my father uh, most of the time. I grew up in a football family. Uh, my dad, everybody in my, on my dad's side of the family made All-State at our high school. Uh, so it was a football family, so our dad pushed us and drove us in sports to be good, uh, so I felt obligation to make All-State also. Um, you know, I, I had one hero in my life, and uh, you know, believe it or not, it wasn't uh, Brian Erlacher or somebody like that, it was my brother, uh, Sean King, who went on to be 36th pick of the 1995 NFL Draft. Uh, that was my hero, and I wanted to be just like him. And uh, he'll tell you himself, he probably wasn't the best leader. Kids don't understand how much their siblings look up to them. Uh, you think there's, if you have a little brother or something, you would think his superhero would be on television. But half the time, that superhero is right there in the house with him. My brother's five and a half years older. To a five-year-old, that's a pretty big age gap. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Uh, my brother is still um, probably the best athlete in that whole town that ever come through that town. Uh, you know, he's a three-sport all-state athlete. Uh, won the state high jump at six foot seven, uh, you know, as a defensive lineman. So, you know, he, he, I like to tell people uh, he was a three-sport uh, all-state athlete, but J.J. Watt was a four-sport all-state athlete, so that goes to show you how great that guy is. So was I'm guessing football huge in your town? Yeah, and, and you know, it's nothing like Indiana. Indiana's known for basketball. Uh, football in that town is uh, everything. Uh, so, you know, it's some people's religion, man. They wake up and, and, and you know, it gives them something to live for. And, and, you know, growing up in that town, I grew up in church. You know, I went to church every Sunday. I, I grew up in a real religious, small Baptist church. And, you know, plenty of times I come to church and when me and my brother, everything didn't look great or, you know, the pastor would have a stand up and, and you know, it would kind of single us out. Man, I tell you what, not knowing the Lord, that's tough. And I didn't have a relationship with God and I always felt like the church was picking on me. And that's kind of what the devil tries to do, make you pay attention to those kind of details when that's totally not the case. So from that instant, I, I kind of ran from church. You know, I thought I could do everything on my own. 
You know, my brother made it to the NFL when I was 15 years old, man, and I thought it was all about me. My stuff didn't stink. It was my world. I had it and you didn't. And uh, that was the attitude that I had, a very bad attitude, thinking the whole world was around me. What do you think started that bad uh, attitude? Man, you know what? I think, I think growing up, I was trying to prove people wrong so much uh, that eventually it was self-consuming. Um, eventually it created a monster that uh, probably was disrespectful. Um, just an attitude of, I can't be stopped. And, you know, most football players have that attitude on the field. And, uh, you know, I had that attitude in life also. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it had a lot to do with getting treated unfair at home, you know, take, uh, watching my mom get beat on every day. Um, you know, I remember being in the fourth grade when I punched through the window when I was locked outside of the home uh, just at nine years old because I heard my mom screaming for her life and, and you know, having to – punched through that window, nearly cutting my hand off and still having that scar with me today and having my parents take me to the hospital and totally make me lie about what happened. Uh, you know, those little, those little things like that, uh, I felt it was okay to be the person I was. My brother was in the NFL, like I said. We thought the world was about us. And, uh, you know, nothing would go right. My brother would get suspended. I would get released when I made it to the NFL. To be honest, I didn't know anything about who Jesus was or how everything worked, but I believe there was a curse on our family. Like, we couldn't do anything right at any time. And, you know, um, my dad wanted to straighten his life up. And, you know, I looked at my dad. Now, every kid, no matter what he's going through in home, if your dad is there where you can visibly see him, that's better than him not being there. I don't care what kind of trash you're going through. I'd rather have his presence there and just figure it was tough love. Because later in life, after I got saved, I found out that my dad grew up just like me. You know, his dad come home and pull guns on his mom. So that's what he thought was the right thing to do. And I understand that now. You know, those are iniquities being broken, man. Just like we passed down our beautiful eye color, hair, our skin color, we passed down those wrong iniquities also, those wrong one-twos. And as parents, we have to break that generational curse. We can't let our kids do it. You know, you think about it, they turn on the television every day, they see what's going on. You know, parents have to stand up and stop things that have been happening for generations in their family. My dad was an alcoholic, so I made it. I said, man, I'm not gonna be an alcoholic. I'm never gonna hit a woman. Without even being saved, I knew I wasn't going to do those things. I was going to put a stop to it. I didn't know I was breaking a generational curse that my dad and them had already went through uh, with their families also. You know, so I saw my dad give his life to the Lord. Uh, man, back in 2000, um, we are living in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, my brother was on suspension for the Indianapolis Colts. I was playing with the Bears um, on the practice squad, getting released, getting ready to go to NFL Europe. And all of a sudden, we get a phone call, and it's my mom. She's frantic, and my dad tried to kill himself. He swallowed a bottle of pills, and he decided he was going to take his own life. He got another DWI. It had been his second one. He had just started coming to church, and I'd heard my dad say all the time, 
hey, I'll, I'll stop drinking first, and then I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to stop doing But, you know, it doesn't work like that. You know, you got you to give it to God before God can clean you up. And, and I saw my dad. He started trying to reach out and find something. And, you know, my dad is a real guy. You couldn't come to him with anything fake. So when my dad started trying to find out who Jesus was, and he backslid, he got a DWI, tried to swallow a bottle of pills. And as I'm getting home, and I'm, you know, I'm just ready to ask my dad why he tried to leave us. You know, my mom stuck with you for so many years. I saw, I saw her want to leave for 17 years. She stood there beside you simply because she wanted her two boys to be with their biological father. So as I get home and I, and I see everybody, you know, it's a different feeling in the room than I expected. I thought everybody was going to be sad. And, but, you know, my dad, man, to hit, I think that day he truly accepted the Lord that day. He went sober from that moment forth. He got on fire for God. He become a deacon in the church. You know, I watched my dad get up there and sing solos in the choir when I know he can't sing. But he, he does it with his eyes closed for the Lord. And that's just a small Baptist church that I live in. They're used to uh, sticking a microphone in anybody's face. But he does it and, you know, he shares about the Lord everywhere he goes. He reads his Bible. I can go to my dad and ask him anything about the Lord, and he'll he'll know, he'll help me. And it and it's amazing to see him grasp onto something that I thought was a Christmas story my whole life. You know, half the time, you know, if you hear if you're in church and you don't know God, it's just it's nothing more than a Christmas story or Easter Bunny story. But that time, I realized there was something real and powerful about it. Nobody could tell me it wasn't. I saw a guy that was he only gravitates to things that were real, and I saw my dad do that. But, you know, I still had my own walk, and I still had my own struggles. My dad started helping my brother. And I remember watching him like an inmate, watching somebody on a prison yard. I was watching him out the corner of my eye. He started reading these Bible boot camp, Jesus boot camp books. My dad was giving him information. I hate to read. My Bible's coming CD still today. But my brother, he was getting these books, and, and, and you know, I'm watching him like, I've been following him my whole life. Well, let's see what's going to happen, even though I didn't say anything. So I'm watching my brother, and he starts getting more in tune with the Lord. We were playing football. We both ended up playing on the same arena football team. Man, I got my dream now. I'm playing with my brother. Phenomenal athlete, even better than I thought he was. I thought I was a good athlete, but he was. And I'm playing with him on the team. You know, we go through low points in our life, and there was a point where his son got sick, and... Uh, you know, he went RSV pneumonia. Sean had just got released from the coast. And, you know, we were um, sitting at home, and, and we're both asthmatics. So, you know, anytime the breathing is uncomfortable, you know, we really, uh, we really are uh, aware of those type of things because we know asthmatic patients and, and their breathing. And, and his son got sick. And we took him to the hospital that day, and everybody was rushing. It was a panic situation. He was just normal like three hours ago. And then all of a sudden, it's panic. Uh, we get to the hospital. They're, 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 they're trying to resuscitate him. Uh, this is my uh, two-year-old nephew, about to be three. Uh, you know, I see my brother's face, my parents' face. You know, I, I'm, I'm still a little young. I don't know what's really going on. Um, you know, for six days, everybody come by and pray for him, tell us about Jesus. Hey, tell him this is God working on you, which I don't understand that, uh, being lost. And, uh, you know, it, it drew a lot of anger because my whole life people told, you know, I see people telling people God is going to get you. 
you're not holy enough. You're going to hell. They, people act like God wants to put your head under a lake and drown you when that's totally not the case. Was that why you were angry? Because you thought God was punishing? Uh, you know, I didn't know. I was lost. You know, I had no clue. And when, you, when you're in the unknown, you know, there's no telling what the reaction will be, you know. And uh, I, I had no clue of what was going on. I just saw my nephew suffering. I knew my brother had been through a lot. I knew we had been through a lot as a family. And I was tired of being Jerome King. I knew that. I was tired of being myself. What do you mean by that? Man, I was just, I was just tired of being this nasty guy. You know, I was tired of, you know, like my brother, he, he'll, he'll tell you this, you're just tired of helping everybody else fight their battle. You're tired of having to portray this big, tough image uh, where you can never cry, you know. Man, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted some peace. You know, I never knew I was looking for peace until God gave it to me. So I think I was just looking for some peace because I never had peace in my home. You know, every time my brother called home from college, you'll hear screaming and my dad ran and drunk. So I guess I was looking for peace. And my brother went home that night. They, they helivac my nephew to a children's hospital. And, uh, you know, my brother couldn't get on the helicopter with him that night. He had to go home and pack a bag, meet that hospital uh, helicopter as fast as he could. And he just started crying out to an almighty God that night, um, asking God to heal his son. and. Uh, you know, he was asking Jesus to come inside his heart that night. You know, I truly believe he meant it that night. And uh, that was the first time he had ever, you know, my mom always told us the Lord wouldn't put anything on you that you couldn't bear. And, you know, I remember thinking at that time in our life that, you know, this is all we can bear. My brother gave his heart to the Lord that night. God healed my nephew, you know, uh, man, uh, you know, I saw God do miracles. That was two miracles I just saw God do really recently. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was searching for something. So I was getting ready. Uh, a couple of years later, you know, my brother was saved. Uh, he, he, he was working on his relationship. Now, and when I say saved, that doesn't mean you get clean. That doesn't mean that you, you become 100% uh, filled up to the rim full of gas for Jesus. You know, getting saved you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, man. You know what I'm saying? And and it's steps, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, when you have a baby, you know, you got to nurture that baby. You know, you got to help that baby walk. You know, you got to change that baby's diapers. You know, sometimes that baby's going to spit on itself. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, those are the things you deal with when you first come to know the Lord. God's transforming you. And, uh, you know, I saw my brother transforming. So I knew... Uh, that God was doing something else. Uh, so I saw him heal my nephew and my dad, but I still struggle with hope, man. And, um, you know, I was just trying to not get consumed by the world because uh, I was getting released by the NFL. I was trying to hang on to the material things of the world that it said it takes for me to be successful. Now, when I tell you that, I mean, I was trying to find a way to keep money coming into my pocket uh, that, that matched my living. So I moved back home. I didn't want to get caught up with the, the, the old friends that I knew, the old drug dealers and things like that. So, man, I was getting ready to go play arena football, and I remember just sitting there. I, I had tore my knee the year before, and I was like, God, please give me something else. I don't know what it is. Please give me something else. This team, they came to our town. The 
power force. And, and they came to an Assembly of God church. We grew up in a Baptist church. And my mom and my aunt was like, man, y'all got to come to this power force meeting tonight. Man, it's going to change your life. And me and my brother were like, man, nah, we saw him in high school. You know, my brother was saved, but I wasn't. So we were like, man, we saw, I didn't want to see him. I was like, I ain't going to church. You know what church I grew up in? Pfft, won't do nothing but judge people. I don't want to go in there. And that's what I was thinking. The next night, she come on. Man, y'all got to go to the church. It will change your life. I was like, man, please, okay, please don't come back and ask me. So my, the gym we work out in, the power force ended up coming in there. So uh, my brother was in the gym at the moment. He's working out, and all of a sudden, the power force comes in, and they're talking to my brother, and they're talking, what do you used to do? Found out he used to play in the NFL. And they were like, man, John said he's been praying for diversity and color on his team. So they were like, man, we we're going to give John your number. So John called my brother, sent him a video of, of what they do, in the, and my brother was like, man, there's no way I could do these feats for straight. And so, you know, he gave it a shot. He went out, and um, John was super nice to him. They gave him a chance, and John really loved him. And John was like, man, do you know anybody else that does this? He was like, man, I got a little brother played in the NFL. Is he saved? And Sean was like, no. He was like, tell him get saved, and I'll let him come out. So, mind you, Sean comes home with this news. I've been praying to a God Almighty that I don't know this whole time that give me something else. Sean tells me what John says about getting saved, and he's going to give me a chance in a couple of months. Been to church my whole life, didn't know how to get saved. Uh-oh. You know, I was lost. I was scared to ask somebody how to get saved. I wanted to be led to the Lord that instant but I was scared to ask somebody because I felt like I was gonna be an idiot. So you know what I did? I stopped doing what I was doing. I said, man, okay, this is your moment, this is your opportunity. I got on the plane, headed to a power force meeting. Don't know what to expect. Feel like I'm living a lie. And I get there and I'm with these guys and I'm praying that they don't ask me anything about the Bible that I don't know, because I don't know how to get saved. I don't, I don't know what this is about. I'm still lost. And this guy, uh, one of John's team leaders, one of the greatest speakers you, you'll hear, you know, uh, all these guys are phenomenal speakers that John had when we first joined the team, and they still are. And, uh, you know, this guy, he begins to preach the message that night as I sat in the Power Force Crusade on stage after doing feats of strength. And he started preaching the salvation message on a four-night crusade. And I remember that night, it was, it, it, the message has never been so clear to me. You know, he didn't stand up there and tell me how much he hated me, God wanted to get me. He told me how much God loved me. I didn't know God loved me so much. I didn't know that it was about the love of Christ, you know? So, so man, I'm broke down. I'm crying, I'm bawling. I mean, I've never bawled like this in church. Never been in the spirit. You know, I see my mom get in the spirit at church and I thought she was weird. You know, I thought they were weird. Everybody catching the Holy Ghost. You know, everybody worshiped the Lord different. I understand that now, but I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was an act. And I get embarrassed when my mom did that. You know what I'm saying? In church, which you're not supposed to do. 
So when the Spirit of God hit me for the first time, man, I was, I was just, I was overwhelmed. I was crying. They gave the altar call. I'm standing at the altar, but I'm here to help, but I'm getting saved. The next night, same thing. I hear another message. I'm just completely overwhelmed. I'm getting saved. The third night, same thing. I don't know what's going on, why I'm crying so much. I don't know. I'm, I'm just crying. Fourth night, same thing. So after the fourth night, you know, I, I believe I'm saved now. So I finally started believing, like, man, you know, man, this God thing is, I tell you what, it's real. John gave me a call, and he asked me, um, would I be interested in working full time? And I remember breaking down, crying, calling my mom, crying. Thank you, God, that he gave me something else to do besides football, man, because I tell you what, I've been, you know, the whole life the devil told me that I was nothing more than a number on my back, and I carried that weight with me a long time. I thought that once I was done playing football, I could do nothing else or on this earth. So I carried that burden with me a long time, and, and, and when he gave me that opportunity, uh, my mom, you know, she had a prayer of us just going to the meeting. But God's plan was a lot bigger than her prayer. And God will definitely do all you believe him for. And because of our relationship with God, man, you know, everything that I've lost, you know, God has restored. You know, my life is better. I've never been richer, you know, and, that, and I mean that I mean in spirit. The wealth in Jesus that I have right now is more than any dollar bill that can be planted on, in my pocket on earth, you know. Uh, you know, me and my dad have a relationship. Me and my brother used to talk to my dad once every six months. Now we talk every day, two hours a day. Like I said, I found out he grew up just like us. I know I ain't where I want to be, but I'm, I'm sure not where I was. You know, when you think it's all about you and you do your very best to mess up everything that God has placed in front of you, just to see that if you'll stay faithful to him and believe in him, man, he'll pull you out of the ditch. I got two little boys. I got a beautiful wife who works for the ministry also. Uh, my two little boys are everything, man. You know, I just got to watch him play as a... Uh, First flag football game this weekend, man. And you know, I stayed around to just, um, you know, I didn't get on the road until late. To, I had a 13-hour drive up here, and you know, I just couldn't miss that. And uh, and those are some of the things, man. You know, that's, you know, God is too good to me. You know, I'm still not worthy. You know, I still make mistakes. You know, I still got to get better every day. Try to be a better person. You know, I'm no better than anybody else, man. And I want to just tell you this today if you hear my voice. The doors God opens, man, believe it, no man can shut. And if you'll just give it to God, uh, you know, I promise you, man, he'll turn it around. Might not be when you want it to be, but I can promise you, man, he's going to turn it around because he loves you more than anything. He just wants you to believe in him. Once again, that was Jerome King, who we would like to thank for sharing his story. And we'd like to thank you for listening. 
learn more about what Jerome does, check out faithforce.com or click the link in the show notes. I'm Aaron Freinberger, and this is State Road 49. by Aaron Freinberger, Matt Willingham, and Garrett Schultz. It is executive produced by the Heartland Christian Center. Visit their website at hcc3d.com. That is hcc3d.com. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Garrett Schultz. Music by Thomas Kilobas. For more information about the program, visit us at facebook.com stateroad49. This program was produced in Valparaiso, Indiana.